0: Welcome to Worker Movement, a podcast dedicated to the working class, a podcast dedicated to raising class consciousness. This podcast is for you, for us, for the worker.
1: The Russian entity behind Trump's election apparently had extra time on their hands and decided that they were going to extort money from a little-known pipeline provider in the southeast of America called Colonial Pipeline. First of all, did you know this entity even existed? No, I did not know
0: Colonial Pipeline. It's actually, I think, because they they did everything right until now,
1: which was they didn't try to do anything controversial. They just transported petrol products from point A to point B, and Hank Hill was their biggest fan.
0: Yeah, they did everything right slash wrong, in which there was no issues, I guess, until now. I don't know how you fucked this up. Okay, from a 10,000-foot view, do you think colonial was incompetent or do you think the hackers are really good
1: those are the two options right
0: i mean there's somewhere in the middle but i guess the two extremes are colonial just had all the doors opened up because no one knew about them they weren't being pinged right or the other is that they're so secure but they're so vitally important that you had to put in your best super secret ninja styled russian hackers in the entire state of russia was going after colonial pipeline those are the two extremes the middle doesn't
1: make any sense. So the, the Russian equivalent of Stuxnet, in which they infiltrated the University of Minnesota to inject some exploit into the Linux kernel, is one of the options, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. I fall firmly on the colonial is absolutely and completely incompetent, and you cannot, in fact, run a massive oil pipeline company using the infrastructure from the mid-90s, would be my estimate as to how this occurred.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess... From somebody who may or may not be in industrial controls and automation, or at least the ITOT interfacing, I'm going to guess, and this is just me, that the pipelines are so old, they probably still have analog devices controlling some of their their pipes. And I'm also going to guess that along the way, when equipment failed, because equipment fails in the field, that they upgraded... And the person upgrading them was control was a controls individual from like the 70s or 80s who had no idea about exploitation prevention, meaning they just hooked to NAT up and slam through connections. And then someone says, well, why don't we digitize and why don't we pull data in? Oh, okay. How we do that? Well, we're going to give it an ethernet port. And along the way, Colonial failed because their IT department it has existed without any issues for 45 years because... That's how old it is. I mean, think about the eighties. If they ran this pipeline with networking in the eighties, which is just copper at that point in time, like what security do they need? No one knows about them.
1: The main function of a pipeline company is to open and close a valve, right?
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Make sure the pressure isn't too high so that the pipe explodes. Periodically paint the pipe. Like that is it. That is your entire existence as a company.
0: And then you can paint the pipe. They, they hire someone else to paint the pipe because it's regulated because i know this don't ask me why but i know the fact that painted pipes that carry petroleum or natural gas or just solvents in general have an actual legal definition of how thick the paint has to be and if there can be any voids they literally have someone standing over the painter's shoulder making sure they're following the regulations about painting then they take this wire wrap it around the pipe and they look for shorts by running it across the pipe itself and if there's a short they have to repaint the entire thing Afterwards, they have to then check the thickness with a thickness gauge, and then report every so many inches how thick the actual paint is. Like the, the, again, they're not painting their own pipes. Sorry.
1: So the fact that a hack occurred at Colonial Pipeline and Colonial Pipeline cannot, I guess, open and close a valve. Like wh- what is what is the hacker even doing there? What is their motivation?
0: My brain is melting because normally enterprise level organizations. And when I say enterprise level, I'm saying like a thousand people. Things where you have multi job functions, right? You have an ERP system, MES system. You have
1: What are those acronyms?
0: Enterprise resource planning, and then you have a manufacturing execution system. And then, then you'll have you have the SCADA layer, which will drive at the plant level or at least the machine level, the supervisory control and data acquisition layer. And then you'll have the PLCs, which is the programmable logic controller at the, that layer itself. So the PLCs control things like the valve operations, right? The scalar layer will send in the sequence of events that actually control how these things fire. So you, you can't just slam a valve closed to get something that's called like a hydraulic shock, in which even though liquid's incompressible by nature, but we only say that because it's it's easier for us when we model it for it to be incompressible because it's... It's just a state of matter. It's, it just makes everything easier. But at high flow rates, when there's momentum and inertia, you close the valve and you actually get compression in there. That itself, that compression wave will hit the valve and then ring backwards. If it rings backwards, it tries to find the weakest point and explodes. So if you have a ball valve in your house, you never want to just close it if there's water running. Because a shockwave goes back up upstream and can blow another valve out. So it's, say, the water bursts in your basement. You shouldn't just go over there and slam it closed because at that point in time, you may actually break the main. So the sequence of events means you have to actually close these gate valves or butterfly valves, whatever they are, so that you don't like just shut them and cause issues. So my guess is what they're doing was they're looking for antiquated equipment, Windows 7. Windows XP machines that nobody upgraded or opened ports somewhere on the SCADA layer or some other bullshit Power BI interface nonsense and just started injecting into it. Oh, we all want dashboards. Why? Who gives a shit? Oh, management wants to see a dashboard. Well, let's open it up. Well, he wants to see it at home. Tell him he has to get on the VPN. Well, he doesn't want to do that. He's a manager. Can you put it on their phone? Yes, but there's security implications. He doesn't care. He's a CEO. He wants to be able to drill down into a chart and look at flow rates. Why? That's not his job. Because he wants to show it to his daughter. Guess what? Boom. Hackers are in. You owe us money, bitch.
1: But the good news is he can look at the flow rates in real time now, right? Yeah, near real time. And they're zero, <laughs> or or they're a hundred percent. One or the other. <laughs> So the the likely perpetrators of this very sophisticated hack, which I think we both think was not that sophisticated, is very likely some sort of criminal organization or a nation state. And this is largely what's been reported on the national news. You had reports that it was Russia. We started the episode off by making the Russia joke, but that was literally what the reporting is. Some entity named Darkside. And these entities exist all over the world. They exists for various purposes. The CIA creates these entities. This might be an entity that was responsible for Stuxnet if it was from the U.S. imperialism side, but it's from the big bad Russia side, which is bad. And so long as these entities aren't causing any actual problems, nobody has any incentive to do anything about them. But I think what happened in this scenario was that Colonial Pipeline was so exposed that they got caught up in basically a dragnet of some other con and like got roped into this. 'Cause I don't I don't think there's any reason why an entity would request a ransom from a pseudo state like infrastructure company. If you were gonna destroy infrastructure, why would you ask for a ransom? That's a great point.
0: I have a theory on this, but I have to take a step back and, and let's talk about how they normally find these places. So remember there was the the UK shutdown, the shutdown hospitals? Yes. But they did did it multiple times. And and that's because in solar winds the company lost it out, too, because some intern left the Raspberry Pi or some shit open. I have no idea what they blamed it on, but they blamed it on the intern. <laughs> Who, by the way, did what he was told to do, or he or she did was told to do.
1: And was probably doing most of the work anyway, so... And was the most confident person in that building at the point in time. And we know that because they were the intern, and that's just Because they
0: were the person. intern, and you don't treat interns bad. Because if you get a good intern, they're worth a billion dollars. They, they, like, can literally create a product in 90 days if you give them just direction, time, and a little bit of mentoring. If you want to be an intern for the Work and Movement podcast, we need a website or lots of stuff. Email us at podcast at com. Going back to this nation state idea, this this wonky mentality, you, you're either a criminal organization who is not co-opted or just whatever, and you have the, you're basically going like a script kiddie after the lowest hanging fruit, right? You're just, oh, I found a Windows 7 open on this port. Well, how'd you find that port? Well, I went to their website and I found their IP address. And I scanned it, and for some reason they're hosting their website on the same IP address that allows them to dot 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 dot. Right? It's just it's like just guessing what their infrastructure is and going after it and saying, oh, it looks like they have a very outdated X Y Z piece of software. Let's target it, or these routers, or blah
1: blah 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 blah. Whatever it happens to be, which is all they probably really did. It's the same kind as the people that go and scan for WordPress installs and then just mash admin password shit it didn't work move on
0: let's move on admin admin perfect that's the that's the default install but it worked what are you gonna do we're gonna install a bunch of plugins that give us seo why because seo is king for our website and that's it right same idea of going after old routers that have never had bleeding heart which was a ssl issue right it's it's no different than scanning any other routers and doing like oh admin admin on the router side or whatever happens to be but if they're more sophisticated, because they've been training for the last 10 years on how to do this, they're probably going through and trying to find big companies that sit in that sweet spot, which is they're big enough that they have too many enterprise systems to maintain, but they're not big enough that they can actually maintain them. And this is exactly what it is. Low margin, old manufacturing, or old transport, old industry. They haven't reached out their network in 25 years. There's so many holes that... It's amazing they haven't been hacked before.
1: So if you're a nation state and your goal is to fuck with the U.S., you're not doing a ransomware attack. You're going to do something that plays out and literally nobody knows you did it, right? It's not going to be like, oh, we fucked you over. Please call this number and deposit Bitcoin at this address. Thank you. It doesn't make any sense because the more
0: paper trail you leave behind, the easier it is for you to be found. Here's why the hacker group that fucked with Colonial may or may not have fucked up. If... The hack is so big that it caused disruption in the United States, and then the United States decides to counterattack. They're in big trouble because they're not weaponized to fight off another nation state because they're not a nation state. They are just a, a rogue group. Now, they could just exist with – let's say it is Russia and the KGB allows them to exist to basically mess with the United States. That that could be a possibility. They could be a CIA-funded outfit whose job it is just create chaos around the world so that they can argue that we have to get rid of SSL connections or something wild. Really, who knows? I mean, it's anything. But if they get too big, there's going to be a response. And that's why they came out and apologized, which is wild. Because they said, we're sorry. We didn't mean to
1: be so disruptive. All we really want is money. Okay. We're committed to the con, but we didn't want to create this big of an issue. We just wanted to steal money at a uh, a lower level, so forgive us, and we'd like to get back to that, but we understand that we probably can because we've poked the bear.
0: They poked the bear, and it's it's just like the modern day joke of the Nigerian prince scam. It's what it is. Instead of them writing you an email trying to remove all the extra money you have and put it in their pocket because you know it's it weighs you down, they're just taking in ransom. They're basically encrypting your hard drives with only the key they have and asking for money. It's simple.
1: What is the profit motive of the corporation to take cybersecurity? Seriously, do the necessary upgrades, pay to have hardware updated, pay competent contractors, consultants, employees to maintain the infrastructure of their company. Isn't it a viable business model to just literally do nothing and when the ransomware attacks, you just pay it out rather than spending money to upkeep cybersecurity?
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you wanted to no longer run, let's say, copper and you wanted to run fiber, you're talking about thousands of dollars upgrades, thousands, I mean, not joking. So if you talk about, you know, they have to run fiber from valve to valve because these things are miles long. Yeah, it's thousands of miles. So they have to have a communication somehow. So if they want to reconnect all this, they have to route cable in the middle of forests somewhere to get the data out. And then if you want to have things like cloud managed switches, you're talking four, five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. But leading to the other part, I don't understand quite literally why their valves and their control systems are routed to the internet. When I say routed, I mean routed to the internet and not just on a non-router circuit. I don't understand that. You can literally put in place NAT devices that are bridged that prevent all of this because it's called a non-routed like network. In which you use a whatever forever. The octet's there forever. And on the NAT device, you connect to your own internet. But for me, it
1: makes no sense to have any pipeline routed. It doesn't need to be on the internet. It does not need to be on the internet. Are you sure the valves don't tweet when they open or close
0: though? This leads us though to the fact that there's no profit motive for security. There's profit motive though to stick money in your pocket, which is why like these pipeline companies don't want to take care of the pipes. They don't care about the network right? They're willing to run it hard because they don't care. They're making money hand over fist because it's insult infrastructure that paid for itself 40 years ago. Like Those pipes that they're probably using them are leaking oil all over the place, but no one knows because it's fenced around. You can't tell
1: the valve's leaking. There's a sign that says, caution pipeline. Oh, and if somebody gets oil on themselves, then it's like, read the damn sign, idiot. Yeah, you should have been there. Yeah, what were you doing? We don't have any liability here. And so now that the pipeline has failed, Colonial's walking around like, We don't know what to do. We don't know how long it's going to be out. We haven't contacted the State Department. The State Department isn't involved. We're handling this internally. We know what we're doing, except we don't know what we're doing because our shit got hacked. Isn't the government at some point going to step in and be like, um we kind of need oil in the south because everybody and their mom is like oh my god there's not going to be gas so i'm going to go to the gas station and buy gas and then cause a shortage because americans are idiots
0: yeah because i guess hoarding gas in your cars are they going to save it for the future it's like hoarding toilet paper last march same same problem I don't understand it. What this comes down to is a, is a couple of things. I think one, we're neoliberals in this country, so instead of having a, a essentially planned infrastructure pipeline, like we have telephone poles anybody can use, we have a, a mismatch of crisscrossing pipelines that are privately owned but are allowed to maintain themselves from the state because they're given state access rights,
1: but privately owned as an entity. Colonial is the only pipeline entity in the Southeast United States, and They lobby for stuff and laws get passed to help them. I mean, it's pseudo-nationalized, but there's also profit motive.
0: It's pseudo-nationalized just the way fascist neoliberalism nationalizes something, right? It's, It's bringing a corporation into a key function of the government. And then the government, through attrition, doesn't actually know how to run its own pipelines because now they're relying on a private entity. So we end up with fascism. The literal definition of fascism.
1: Which is, we have a private company in charge of our oil distribution, and it absolutely catastrophically failed because Russia was trying to extract money from hospitals or not even Russia, maybe just some group that had a Russian IP.
0: A million dollars in exploitation for disruption of like ungodly amounts. It'd be no different if, like, the boat from that Suez Canal was. On purpose. The ever given. Put a boat in there and drop anchor and say, fuck everybody. Sink it. Good luck with your global trade, bitch. It, it, so it comes down back, back to the point of the last episode, which is the type of violence that's incurred when you have neoliberalism. When you have the idea of a marriage of church and state, and by church I mean the church of capital, when you have the marriage of, of corporations to the state, you end up with this pseudo-national protected class of corporations that cannot be touched because they are part of the national fabric, a part of national security. They cannot tear down Colonial. Colonial's leadership cannot go to prison, ever. Why? They're in charge of like 100% of the gas and oil in the southeast of the country. So what do they do now? They rely on the backup, which is another neoliberal idea, which is we're going to contract out the transportation of oil to trucks. We're going to waive all the rules on safety because it's easier. I don't care how long you've been away. You can haul fucking oil. Yeah, because we need it. We need it because... And here, here's the fun part. The majority of the transportation day-to-day is to get to work. In this case, it's going to
1: cause some other headaches, too, because you have people who can't miss work. Exactly, You can't afford to miss work because then the corporation doesn't make money. But you can't afford to buy gas to go to work. So whose problem is that? It's capitals. Allowing
0: corporations to have control over national processes it's it's
1: national interest it's national security
0: everything i mean and and we're not imperialists we don't really national security is the joke but but there is a part though that the needs of the people have to be met and when our needs being met by a corporation instead of the government or or even the local people around us that's where exploitation comes in and that's the issue 100 percent 100% of the issue is that neoliberalism has caused pseudo-fascism in the United States that causes chronic violence continuously, and this is another form of it. The hacking of, of quote-unquote, the Russians into colonial is causing all types of pain for working class. They're going to have to pay tons of money. They're at fear of losing jobs. They're at fear of a a shutdown in the South again. One thing we never talk about, and, and it's or not talked about a lot within the United States, is gas price fixing. Because gas prices have been are volatile because it's market-driven, which is, what's the cost to store it? What's the cost to extract it? What's the cost to refine it? It's all market-driven. One thing you could force at the local level, or at least begin to force the local level, is the idea that you are going to fix the price of gasoline so there is no market to it. So the worker can actually begin to plan for the cost, and there's no profit motive because there's no ability to make profit. It all comes back in the form of increased tax money that saves money for the rainy day that goes back if gas goes high it doesn't matter the funds there to pay for it the gas goes low it builds the cash fund right and this is where a fixed price comes in to stabilize the markets locally
1: but also stabilizing the pockets of the worker for future episodes and to learn more about the worker movement join us at workermovement.com.